Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. I'm sure you've been there. Somebody walks up to you and says... So you fly fish, huh? You say, yeah, I do. And what do they say? I always wanted to try that. Now, you know what this means. This isn't a, I'm giving you a sentence with some information about my life so that you can just be edified. This is a subtle way of them asking, can you show me how to fly fish? Now, we've, we've, we, we can do a couple of things here. One is say, cool, and then just go on to the next thing. Or you can actually see this as an opportunity to share your love of fly fishing with this person, assuming they legitimately want to know how to learn how to fly fish. But is it as easy as just taking somebody fishing? Or do you send them online, say, watch these 15 videos, hand them a book, send them to a local fly shop class and say, once you get good at it, then we can go fishing together. I think the answer kind of lies somewhere in the middle. And that's to say that I think we do take people fishing. We do show people how to fly fish. But not all of us are gifted teachers. And I think that we also have to qualify that statement. Being a gifted teacher doesn't mean somebody who can stand in front of a group of people and communicate things in some sort of didactic, expository manner. There's a lot more to it than that. If you can sit there next to somebody and silently demonstrate how to perform a task of manual labor, whether it be painting a fence or fixing a uh, computer, then you can teach if you do it in such a way that they can see and they can understand. Here's really what this means. I've heard this a million times. I know how to do it, I just can't explain it. And I think that's really, uh, that, that works in two different directions and let me explore them both very, very quickly. If you know about something but you can't explain it, one, you're going to struggle with communicating that, obviously. But secondly, I think that also, and I've mentioned this before plenty of times, 
that gives us an indication of things where we maybe are realizing our limitations. We kind of have an idea about how fly casting works because we do it, but when we stop and break it down to its component parts, we struggle with either demonstrating it, like we can do the whole fly cast, but when someone says, how do you get the line to unroll on the back cast, and how is that stroke different than the, the um, application of power on the forward cast? And if, if we can't break it down to those component parts, then we're gonna struggle with communicating that. Now, I think this is what caveat level three, but regardless, I think it's important to say, you don't need to be able to explain things in this level of intricacy or detail to A, enjoy fly fishing, or B, show someone how to fly fish. I'm just saying that this is one example of, of a way that we sometimes think we might know more about something than we actually do, and I find that the most frustrating times to realize that is when we're trying to communicate it with somebody, specifically somebody who we have a close relationship with. It's very difficult to teach your spouse how to fly fish, your child how to fly fish, especially when, when you think that they are on the same level as you. There's a little bit of that um, familiarity breeding contempt with, you know, we're together all the time. Why don't you get what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to show you? And that can even obviously move into uh, other realms, other relationships with people that you know well also. So, you know, I always think about this as it relates to kind of kids. For um, about a dozen years of my life, I worked with young people. Uh, and early on, I realized that as I was teaching, I would get a lot of engaged expressions, eager nods, um, follow-up questions, however, is where I realized that things weren't really getting through because I would say, do, do you know what I just said? And they would nod. But then I would ask for them to explain it, not just regurgitating the exact words I said, but in their own words, and it was all blank stares. So that really changed my paradigm of education. I became aware of how many words young people and really all people use without understanding what they mean. Um, and that's where the whole, I know what it means, I just can't explain it idea is truly problematic. Where you can articulate what somebody else has said, but you can't articulate it with ownership. Or you can even say, you know, express uh, a casting mechanism, express reading the water, you know, fish there. Why? Well, that's just a place where fish would be. Okay, well, that's good, but there's more to it than that. Understand the you know the the hydrodynamics of that of that spot. Uh, why fish go to certain places? And you don't have to be a biologist or a hydrologist or any sort of genius to explain that. Just say you know that's a place where fish goes because the food goes that way. That's not a fancy scientific explanation, but those are things you know. It's just do you know how to express those things? So, um, what does this have to do with fly fishing? Well, think about it this way. Think about all of the fly fishing guides you've had in your life. What separates the great fly fishing guides from the good fly fishing guides from the not so good ones? Okay. Like, you know, having a nice boat, taking you to the good spots and getting you lots of fish are important. But I think the best guides are the men and women who can articulate what you need to do and why you need to do it. So they, they, what they do is they, they take the time to look at you as an individual and understand and appreciate where your strengths are and where your deficiencies are. So they see what you're good at. They notice, hey, this person can dump 60, 70 feet of line where they need to. The problem is, is they're not looking where they should be looking. You know, So they don't need to tell you about your cast. They need to help you see fish, how to focus, maybe even get your feet in the right place, whether it be if you're waiting or if you're in a boat. Um, 
And then what they also do is they quickly and eloquently work within those parameters. So they don't waste words. They don't uh, tell you things you already know. Um, they don't talk down to you, but they also don't talk over your head. They, it's a very uh, fine, pointed instrument, um, their instruction is. The same can be said for fly shop employees. You know, there's a lot of pros that can fish well, but there's not always the best communication. There's a lot of guys that know their stuff, a lot of women that know their stuff, but they're kind of laconic and wooden in, in their delivery. Ultimately, what's the point if you can't pass it on? I mean, again, we have to look at this holistically. You know, are we talking about just catching fish or are we talking about catching fish within the context of stewardship and conservation? And if that's true, if your fly fishing also has as an integral part of your fly fishing conservation um, and the perpetuation of the resource, then there has to be some sort of contingency plan for when you're gone. And sometimes that starts with, this is when these bugs hatch, and here's how you know. The chart says it, the weather says it, the flowers blooming on the stream side say it. So that's, you know, that's when the bugs hatch. But even in that, you, you see this environment being communicated to somebody that the streamside vegetation and the weather and the water and the people that have come before them all factor in to, uh, to, to paint a, a picture of what fly fishing is. So my point in, in all this isn't to condemn people who, who can't communicate perfectly. I think what I want to do is underline the vital importance of being able to communicate well. And more pertinently, it's to encourage you, you know, and chances are you're just a regular fly fisher like me, and encourage you to, be, to consider if you can explain what you're doing and why you're doing it. And the benefits are twofold. So first of all, you'll highlight your own weaknesses, okay? You'll highlight your own weaknesses. So... As you work through figuring out how much you actually know about subjects that you think you know well, then you can improve upon them. So actually this week, and, and I'll mention this again at the end of the podcast, I wrote a, a piece called I Bet You're Good at Fly Fishing. You know, so much of what we do is focusing on how to get better, how to get better, how to get better. There's a chance that if you've been fly fishing for any amount of time, there's something that you're really good at. Either it lines up with like your preferred way of fishing or, or some other skill you have in life. Like if you're really detail oriented, then, um, you know, you might be really good at fly tying. Um, if you are uh, physically gifted, then, uh, you know, you, you might be able to cast well, whatever it is, or it could just be your preferences. But there's a other side of that also, you know, you, I bet there's something that you're good at in fly fishing, but there's also things that you might not have that sort of natural predisposition to be gifted in those areas. And in, so instead of working on them, especially if you can get by on your other strengths, instead of working on those deficiencies, you kind of push them to the side, even to the point of, and I know I do this with fly fishing and other things, even to the point of you see an article, you see a YouTube video that talks about the thing that you are unaware of and you know you're unaware of it you know that you're deficient in it you know you're not great of it so you kind of just say you know I, I don't want to be reminded about my weaknesses so I would say power through that I guess this is a little bit of a do as I say not as I do but I'm, I'm trying to get better about that with fly fishing and other things also but you know once you realize that you can't explain something I gave a couple examples earlier but even, even something like rod flexes and the tapers of a, of a fly rod if you don't understand that and someone asks you, hey, why should I buy this fly rod versus that fly rod? Watch a YouTube video, read an article, talk to a fly shop employee, 
build your knowledge base because it's not just going to help you answer that question for that person. It's going to help you become an informed user and consumer of those things. So that's the first thing. Figure out where you need to grow um, as an individual, as a fly fisher. Um, and then secondly, teach. You can teach. You can communicate some things. It might be as simple as you stand next to me, watch what I do, try to do it. And I found actually for myself, I might not be able to perfectly explain a concept or a technique while I'm in the car driving to the stream. But as I'm doing it, I can talk through what I'm doing and it, it kind of opens up my eyes to, oh, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm not doing that. This is why I'm casting um, slightly upstream of the spot that I want to uh, present the fly in rather than right on the spot that I want to present the fly in. And, you know, that might sound like a, such a common sense thing, but for somebody who's never fished before, well, why would you cast two feet ahead? Why would you cast eight feet ahead? Why, why in the last spot you cast eight feet and then this one you're casting two feet ahead? Um, why don't you just put it right where the fish is? And to be able to say, well, watch what happens when I do this. You do the, you know, the wrong thing. You, you, you show them. See how the fly uh, sweeps out of the feeding lane because the line is tight. And then you segue into mending. So even teaching in a hands-on way, you understanding and they understanding that you're not going to be getting into a lot of fish necessarily, but you'd be surprised. I don't know how many times I've, I've taken a fly rod from somebody, not not in, in a professional context, but just in, in friends, and said, here, watch this. And I do it. I say, there's probably a fish over here. And you cast, oh, there's a fish, you know, and hand them, well, I don't want to reel in your fish. And so you reel in the fish and you feel bad. But, um, you know, that was something, too, back in uh, years and years and years ago when I was doing some professional guiding, guys would hand me my, their fly rod and say, well, you show me how to do it. And, man, I did not want to catch fish in those moments especially if they hadn't been catching fish. If they had been catching fish, you're like, ah, you know, a fish isn't the worst thing in the world. And, you know, say, hey, you want to reel this guy in? Say, no, 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 you do it. I've been catching lots of fish. That was, you know, that's that's what I was known for was lots of fish. Not really. But sometimes just getting out there can be a great way to explain what you're doing. And ultimately, this this can be a growing experience for you and for that other person. And you'll be surprised, somebody who's never picked up a fly rod before and who's never been on a trout stream before in any sort of focused capacity is going to do things and make observations that you've never done and that you've never seen. It, it, it never fails to, to surprise me when somebody says, well, you know, why don't you just cast it like this? You're like, well, that's not how the book does it. Well, it works. And why, why are, aren't we fishing in that direction? Why are we fishing in this direction? It's like, well, because every time I go here, I fish in the direction I fish in. And then you go the other direction, you realize, oh, wow, this is really nice. So people make all sorts of observations and bring unique things to the table. And you'll find in very short order that the, the person you're teaching, the apprentice, as it were, will quickly, in some areas move past the master, move past you. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. The day you're, you're too advanced to learn is the day when you need to learn the most. I mean, that's a fancy little proverb, I guess. But it's true. If you think there's nothing that you can learn, then there's a whole lot that you can learn. And if you think that you can't learn from someone younger or less experienced from you, then that also shows that you're probably listening to people who are quote-unquote, less experienced than you because 
seeing the world in general and fly fishing in particular with new eyes can uh, really uh, show some some of your blind spots in ways that is really humbling, uh, showing our limitations, showing our inability to see some things that should be pretty clear. So hopefully, kind of what I said at the end there about just going fishing and just taking somebody fishing, hopefully this makes the, the topic and the conversation a lot less messy. That there's a lot of things that are going to happen in that process. You seeing your deficiencies and weaknesses, you understand how to explain and elaborate on concepts that you know how to do, but you might not really you know, understand to the fullness. But at the end of the day, if you just get out there and you do it and you enjoy time with another person and you pass that on to somebody, then that can be incredibly beneficial. Now, if this is something that you find you're particularly gifted in, if this is something that you are getting either feedback or you even just have that own sense that you're pretty good at communicating fly fishing, definitely consider giving back in in that mode. So whether it be through a program like Project Healing Water or um, Casting for Recovery, or one of the many Trout Unlimited youth camps or Trout Unlimited local chapter youth programs in your area, definitely consider giving back that way where you just stand there and you get to, without going to guide school, without uh, getting licensed by the state, without having to make sure that you have 5,000 fly patterns and four different you know, five weights and a boat and shore lunch and all that stuff, you can just show up and show somebody how to fish. And at the end of the day, especially in those situations, I think you take your buddy, you take your wife, you take your kids, it's incredibly rewarding. But the situations I just mentioned that are targeting um, individuals that have situations and circumstances that they are definitely trying to work through, if you get them on a fish because your uh, fly fishing has gotten you to the point where you can share that to somebody where they can enjoy it, then that is uh, an incredible experience and something that I think We'll take this whole conversation and uh, and everything else that you can say about teaching fly fishing and sharing the outdoors experience, and it'll really make it click and really make it worthwhile. So consider that. Or on the flip side of it, if you feel like, you know, I just don't know as much as I, I, I think I know, then take a class. Go with a guide, and you know, you're paying them money. You're paying them $500, $600, $700 for a day of their time, and they're there to tell you things. I think it's way too simplistic to say that fly fishing guides are there to catch, help you catch fish. You know, they're helping you learn how to be a better angler in that environment specifically, but also in general. And so ask them questions. And again, that's one of the things that will separate a guide who just knows how to catch trout in this one river from a good teacher who knows how to catch trout. So um, that's something to look for as you're looking to find and hire a guide. So if you can fish, then teach. I uh, think that it is certainly something that uh, we should be doing, passing it on to the next generation or to somebody that uh, has been put into our lives that uh, we have the opportunity to show what we love outdoors with uh, this, this awesome hobby that we have. This week on Casting Across, two articles. Uh, the first one is called uh, I Bet You're Good at Fly Fishing. I mentioned this earlier. And again, there's so many articles out there that talk about the things you're not good at. And this is an opportunity for you to focus on what you are good at and uh, think back to when you weren't good at that. And through that, this really sounds like self-helpy, but I think it, it is important for, for 
in, in light of so much of what we read and what we uh, consume, which is always kind of like pushing us forward and sometimes at a pace we really don't like, what are you good at? You probably weren't good, as good as you are today five years ago. So that should also show you that the things that you are struggling with, you can probably get better at if you just put in the time, energy, and effort. And then another post this week is called Furled Leaders for Stillwater Trout. Four reasons. I love fly fishing with furled leaders. If you are unfamiliar with a furled leader, it is a woven, actually a furled, um, bit of monofilament or uh, fluorocarbon. This is actually a new version of a very old technique for creating leaders. It creates a much more gradual taper from your fly line to your tippet. And I have found that they work particularly well on still water and can actually be a little bit of a crutch if you don't want to go all in on some of the um, still water lake or pond specific gear that you could use. So check out those four kind of uh, um, tips for, for using or reasons for using uh, furled leaders in still water. This week's recommendation on casting across is the Mayfly Project. Now, I didn't mention the Mayfly Project earlier in the podcast when I was talking about opportunities for you to give back if you do feel the desire or have the ability to teach. But the Mayfly Project would be a fantastic opportunity if you have that desire and also have a burden for kids in the foster care system because that is the target audience, the demographic that is catered to by the Mayfly Project. Now, what they do is not just taking these kids fly fishing. It's so much more than that. It's a holistic program that incorporates environmental education as well as support for these kids and anything that they might be going through given their situation. Beyond that, the Mayfly Project actually has created and facilitated opportunities and outlets for adoption for these kids. So these kids, they're in a, a, a temporary situation, many of them, looking for what they call their forever home, a family that they can be a part of. This is a great uh, program. Um, these are kids that uh, have a special place in my heart. I'd love to see more chapters open up around the country. And uh, if this is something that you have the opportunity to get involved in, and again, you feel um, the, the call to do that, the burden to do that, definitely check it out. I'll put the link to the Mayfly Project in the show notes on this episode on castingacross.com, as well as a link to another podcast where Rob Snow White in his Fly Fishing Consultant podcast interviews the founder of the program. Definitely check that out and be sure you are subscribed to Rob Snow White's podcast. He does some uh, great things, but really diverse uh, group of folks that he interviews. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.